0: Now, if you do have your Bible with you this morning, please turn back to, um, or turn to, Revelation chapter 2 and verses 8 to 11. Just a very short reading uh, this morning as we continue our series looking at the seven churches in Revelation. Revelation 2 and verse 8 and onwards. This is to the church in Smyrna. To the angel of the church in Smyrna write These are the words of him who is the first and the last Who died and came to life again I know your afflictions and your poverty Yet you are rich I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not But are a synagogue of Satan Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. Amen. God will bless this reading from his holy word. Now this morning we're continuing our series in the book of Revelation that we started last week thinking about the seven churches. And last Sunday we thought about the church in Ephesus and today we're thinking about the church in Smyrna. Uh, Smyrna was a place uh, in Asia Minor, modern day Turkey, uh, 35 miles to the north of Ephesus. And Smyrna was a a seaport, and due to its uh, advantageous port conditions, uh, it rose to to prominence. And there's been a settlement on that place for uh, hundreds and thousands uh, of years. The first city there was destroyed in 600 BC, and then it was rebuilt again by the successor of Alexander the Great. And as a city, it still exists today and is known as Izmir, the third most populous city in Turkey. I'd never heard of it before, but there you are, Izmir. Now, as we thought about last week, the letters to the seven churches are very similar in terms of layout. Generally, each letter begins with a, a description of Jesus... And then there is praise for the commendable features of the particular church. Then there's criticism of the church's faults and then, and then a promise uh, bestowed by Jesus at uh, the end. Now generally, the church at Smyrna also follows this pat- pattern. But you might notice this is, this is the shortest of the letters to the seven churches and you might notice that something was missing. I wonder if you notice that. Because unusually, there is no criticism for this church in Smyrna. Instead, there is simply the encouragement to be faithful. Encouragement to be faithful. So let's look briefly at this short letter today, which is the shortest of all the letters written to the churches. Now, the first thing I want us to, to notice, and it's always worth us noticing as we go through these short letters, is... What does it first of all say about Jesus? What does this letter say about Jesus? Well, we see it in verse 8. He is the first and the last. He is the first and the last. And what I want you to notice is every time there is a a description about Jesus, it's got something to do with what is going to to follow. It's a a wee encouragement. A wee, um, you know, trying to say, you know, Jesus is like this. Therefore, whatever you're going through, you ought to be able to trust him. Jesus is the first and the last. And it's a reminder to the church in Smyrna that Jesus was there at the beginning and will be there at the end. It's a reminder that Jesus is in control of history and nothing escapes his attention. He's also the one who died And came to life again. Obviously talking about the cross. And Jesus dying there. And then the resurrection. And obviously with all that the church in Smyrna is facing. This is really important for them to grasp. And realize. That Jesus knows what it is to suffer. That Jesus knows what it is to die. But he's also the victor. Over death which ought to give the church at Smyrna encouragement, as we'll see later in this letter. But these opening verses of this passage ought also to give us encouragement. Because no matter what we are going through, we can trust that God is ultimately in control. Sometimes we we have weeks, don't we, and we're just like, we're longing to get to the end of the week. If I could just get through this and get through it and phew, make it to the end of the week. Sometimes we have months like that. Sometimes we have years like that, don't we? Where we just don't know where things are going when, you know, our head is all over the place, when we're, we're really, really struggling. But the encouragement here is that God is ultimately in control. He's in control of the church And he's in control of our individual lives. We can trust in him. He knew you before you were born. He knows the very day that you will die. All that is in his hands. And we can also take encouragement in the cross. That Jesus died and rose again. And therefore, no matter what we go through, we have uh, hope and encouragement. That's the wonderful thing, isn't it? Sometimes life is hard. Sometimes we wonder, Lord, why am I going through this? But then we're brought back to the cross. And we see that ultimately Jesus died for our sin. And then we're, we're brought back to the Easter story, aren't we? And we're brought back to Easter Sunday. When the woman went to the tomb early on the Sunday morning, what happened? The stone was rolled away. Why? It should be a terrible story if Jesus was still in that tomb. But he's not. That's the point. He's alive. He's risen. And therefore, no matter what we go through, we can know hope. And we can know encouragement. Because Jesus died for our sin. And he rose again on the third day. And he holds all things in his hands. Isn't that not wonderful? And that's the reminder that the church in Smyrna has given right at the beginning of this letter as a reminder that perhaps we need to heed as well. So what's happening in the church at Smyrna? Well, clearly they are struggling. Jesus says, I know your afflictions and your poverty. The church in Smyrna has clearly been suffering persecution and they are materially struggling. They're being afflicted And yet, Jesus reminds them, despite all they're going through, despite their poverty, yeah, actually, they are rich. What does Jesus mean by that? They are spiritually rich. Despite all they're going through, they are spiritually rich because of what Jesus has done and because of their faithfulness to Jesus. You see, those in the church in Smyrna are being slandered, by a synagogue of Satan. And it seems that Smyrna's large Jewish population is persecuting Christians, probably slandering them in the Roman courts and aligning themselves with Satan against God's purposes. And clearly there's going to be more to come. We see that in verse 10, don't we? Some of them are going to be put in prison and suffer persecution. But we see it's only going to be for a short time. The passage says here ten days, which is probably symbolic of a, a short period of time. This isn't going to last forever and ever. It's a short period of time. And so what I want you to see is this church in Smyrna is suffering and will continue to suffer because they believe in Jesus. But they are told by Jesus not to be afraid. Why? Why? Because despite what they will suffer and are suffering, if they are faithful, even to the point of death, they will be given life as a victor's crown. Now, for us here in Scotland, here in West Kilbride, in the, in the 21st century, who are not actively persecuted, it's perhaps difficult for us to put ourselves in the, in the shoes of those in Smyrna because we aren't actively persecuted, those in China today, or in Nigeria, or Indonesia, or Myanmar, or North Korea, however, would probably take real comfort from these words, as they are actively persecuted today. There are Christians in our. Sometimes this is hard for us to imagine. Christians in our world today, who have to meet in secret, who can't necessarily just go to church because they'll be in prison, whose lives are under threat, who are economically put to one side because of their belief in Jesus, they face that each and every day. Perhaps we maybe struggle to understand that. The church in Smyrna is not to be afraid And they are to be faithful. Now, at one level, that might seem really unfair. You know, how are we going to be faithful in this situation, they might be saying. Because what they're going through is really, really painful. Who wants to go in prison? Who wants to suffer and even die? No one. Who really wants to do that? But Jesus is trying to remind them here that whilst persecution is for a short time, that he is the one who's the first and the last. And he's the one who ultimately gives life. And they need to hear that message, don't they? They need to know that encouragement. Because at the very end, in verse 11, it's summed up neatly when Jesus says, the one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second day. Now the second, death, is a a Jewish expression which contrasts the death which we all must suffer with the fate of those who are destined never to escape the power of death because they will face judgment. Such a doom is to die twice. But for Christians in Smyrna, they have hope, hope of victory. Hope of the victor's crown. Hope of life. Why? Because Jesus is the one who died and yet came to life again. He's the one in whom there is life. In many ways, it might seem difficult for us to apply this passage to ourselves, especially when we're not being actively persecuted, unlike the Christians in Smyrna or even in other places in the world. And we're not to actively look for persecution. But the fact is that when we are faithful to Jesus, often persecution comes. And when persecution comes, and that can be in, in small ways, it can be a family you know, family not understanding us, it can be work colleagues ridiculing us, it can be golf buddies saying, why do you go to church and laughing at you? When persecution comes, we're not to back off or to turn away from faith as we might be tempted to do. Rather, we're to see that Jesus is in control, that he is the conqueror of death and the bringer of life. And we're called to be faithful. You see, Jesus can call the church in Smyrna rich not as a consolation prize but because that is what they are. This isn't just wishful thinking. You know, you're going through a really difficult time, but, you know, just remember, you know, it'll all be okay. It's not that kind of pat you on the head and just say, you know, it's going to be fine. There are great truths here. That Jesus died. He rose again. Therefore, if you're grounded in faith, all will be well. It's not pie in the sky when you die. As someone said, it's steak in a plate when you wait. It's wonderful. If we're a believer in Christ, that is our reality. We are rich. I wonder if you've always wanted to be rich. You know, sometimes when I go into the school and you ask kids, you know, what do, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you get the, the sense of, like, you know, I want to be a you know pilot, a train driver, whatever it might be. You always get the one who just says, oh, I just want to be famous and I just want to be rich. Maybe you've always wanted to be rich. I want to tell you this morning, if you're a Christian, you could never be more rich. You're already rich, more than you could ever imagine. That's wonderful, isn't it? We may not be materially rich, and we're never promised that. But in Jesus, we are spiritually rich beyond measure. And we can be assured when we trust in Him and are faithful to Him that all will be well. And maybe as you're here this morning, you're really struggling in your life. You're really worried about your family. You're really worried about yourself. You're worried about what the the future holds. Well, take hold of the promises here to the church in Smyrna. Because when you trust in Jesus. All will be well. And persecuted or not, that's so important for us to realize. You see, so often our focus is on the the here and now. The focus is on what we're going through. And so often we, we lose our focus on eternity. And that what happens in this life is but a breath. called to be faithful to Jesus, no matter what the cost might be to us. Because what's more important, our own comfort and trying to avoid persecution or ridicule or pain, or being faithful to Jesus, the one who is the giver of life and in whom there is the victory. Surely when we see that Jesus is sovereign when we see that Jesus is with us then we want to do the latter. We want to be faithful to him no matter what that might cost because we know it's for a short period and we know that we will be with him forever. So this morning this letter to the church in Smyrna is a challenge to us to be faithful, to not be afraid, and to stand firm for Jesus. In many small ways, we can be tempted to avoid standing up for Jesus, often rationalizing that in our own minds, can't we? You know, I'll just just go along with that, you know, because I just don't want to make a fuss. Instead of saying, I believe in Jesus, I want to stand for him, I want to glorify him, I want to honor him. Often we're tempted not to stand up for Jesus, simply to avoid a hard life or awkward questions, or because we don't want to be disliked or or seen as weird for being a Christian. But do you know something? I'd rather be weird. I'd rather follow Jesus. And we can all be weird together. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Church is a place for weird people if you have ears this morning let's stand firm for Jesus let's learn from the church in Smyrna let's learn from our persecuted brothers and sisters in other countries around the world who are standing firm despite death threats and imprisonment, things we can't even imagine let's be encouraged by them and most of all let us be encouraged that Jesus suffered that Jesus died. But then on the third day, he rose again. He is the conqueror of death. He is the one in whom there is life. Do you not long for life this morning? I've known people in my life who, from an outsider's point of view, had everything. Everything rich beyond measure, lovely house, family, garden, car, whatever, but just felt empty inside. And then they've come, and they've put their faith and trust in Jesus. And they've suddenly realized that all the the material things they had before, it didn't matter. It wasn't about that. And in Jesus, they found life and hope. They found someone to live for. Is that you this morning longing for life? If you long for life today, put your faith in Jesus. Trust in him. Jesus is the conqueror of death. The one in whom there is life. Life everlasting. Life in all its fullness. May we be found trusting in him this day. And listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. As believers in Jesus. And as we hear this message this morning, may it really mean something to us as individuals, but also may it bind us together as a church. May we listen to one another, bear one another's burdens, encourage one another along the path. There are often times when it's like, you know, I'm struggling in my faith. That's what your brothers and sisters are for. They're there to help you, to pick you up, to bring you along the way that we might reach the end and receive the victor's cry. Is that not your longing? That you'll be with Jesus. That you'll receive that victor's cry. What a wonderful day that will be.